Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. More and more companies are using apps to gain insights on their respective industries. With the right data inputs, technology like AI can improve decision-making and help company leaders zero in on trends. One company is helping cannabis and hemp professionals see those trends, not only to inform industry best practices, but also improve the consumer experience. Joining me now is Tyler Dowtrick, COO at Relief App. Welcome to the NutraCast, Tyler. Thank you, Danielle. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to this. Of course. So what is Relief App for those who may not know? Yeah. So to put it simply, Relief App is a free app in iOS and Google Play Store, and it is the highest rated application for individuals to track and improve their use of cannabis or CBD. So it works the same way from a user perspective, regardless if someone is walking into a dispensary or ordering a product from a CBD brand online. So this is something that's not only for customers or users, but also on the other side of things, brands can kind of see how their products are doing? Exactly. Yeah. So we're looking to really close that seed to outcome feedback loop, as we call it. So there's a lot of software out there right now that is really focused on like the seed to sale aspect. And then there's a lot of marketing data and analytic companies that are really focused on what that sales and marketing data looks like from purchasing perspective. But there's really not any focus on what actually happens when these products leave the store. Why are people using them relatively? How much are people using? And what are like the real world experiences that they're actually experiencing? And that's really where, where we come in is, again, closing that seed to outcome feedback loop so that we can not only just try to help individuals make more informed purchasing decisions as end consumers, but also help businesses get a better understanding on why are people actually buying their products? Why are they actually using their products? And based on that, what are they experiencing during and after using their products so that they can just continue to better you know, service the the customers who are buying from them and ideally continue to improve, you know, their product offerings. Mm-hmm. What are some of the biggest questions you get? On the brand side, they're always really interested on one, like, you know, privacy issues is a big thing that always comes up. And, you know, that's one of the things that we keep pretty close to our heart as well, because, you know, as you could imagine with releasing an application in 2016, there was a lot of people mm-hmm. who were super hesitant to say, I'm using any type of cannabis or CBD product. So we made sure that, from an app perspective, from the user side, if you were downloading and using the app that we were super flexible in regards to the information that you have to input about yourself. And you honestly don't have to input anything about yourself if you don't want to. And on the back end side of things, all we're sharing with, whether it's a retailer, a brand, or even healthcare professionals is just the de-identified data around products that are being used, why they're being used and the outcomes that are being experienced. Okay. So privacy was a big issue. Uh, that was five years ago. What about today? What, what's the approach? What's the response now to privacy? Has it changed? No. So as you could imagine, it's, it's continues to be a concern that everybody has. And that's why we continue to make sure that we stay true to what we always wanted to do. And we're not out here like, you know, a lot of other companies where you're collecting a lot of data to sell personal data. Like that's just, that feels wrong to us and not something that is even of interest. We're again, much more focused on that seed to outcome feedback loop and the data that matters there isn't really 
doesn't really have anything to do with like who the actual individual is. It more so has everything to do with what they're using products for and what they're experiencing. So it's just been the same story as staying true to like what we've always set out to do and making sure that we do that. Okay. So kind of walk me through the process when a user does use this app, what can they expect? Yep. So what individuals are doing in the app? And there's also, if you go to our website, which is reliefapp.com and relief is spelled R-E-L-E-A-F, um, right down on the middle of our homepage, we have a really detailed like five minute video that breaks down kind of screen by screen, a walkthrough of the app from the user's perspective. But from a, from a high level, what's happening in the app is individuals are able to track the product that they're using, where they purchased that product from, the specific symptoms or reasons that they're using that product for, and then the outcomes that they've experienced from a feelings, side effect, and symptom relief perspective. There's two ways in the app that individuals can go about tracking their use and their experience. The one is what is called a real-time session. So in a real-time session, what an individual is doing is really minute by minute tracking how long they're using a product for, relatively how much of the product that they're using, and then more or less those real-time experiences that they're experiencing. The second way an individual can track their use and their experience is what's called a quick log. And that's exactly as it sounds. It allows an individual to, in 30 seconds or less, identify the product they were using, why they were using, and the outcomes that they've experienced. So um, it really just comes down to you know, how detail-oriented each individual wants to get when they're tracking their use and their experience. From the user's perspective, it doesn't matter the approach that they take there. The result for them is still the same. So the app continues to compile the, the feedback that the individuals are reporting on their use and their experience to generate personalized reports and analytics for them that help them identify what product and administration form are they finding to be most beneficial for them based on what they're saying they're commonly buying and using these products for. And that's a, a big thing on our end, as I mentioned earlier, is you know, we really want to help individuals make more informed purchasing decisions and help them lessen the amount of time and money that they spend in that trial and error process. And that's the goal with these personal reports and analytics in the app is just to help people quickly hone in on what they're using, why they're using it, and what's working for them. What about what they're not using? Do you all send recommendations for things that they might like? So right now we do not do that. We are looking at uh, leveraging the information now that's now that we have a, a pretty significant size of data over the past you know four or five years that we've been doing this. We are now looking at the process of in future app releases coming later this year and moving forward. How can we best start to introduce individuals to relevant product offerings that you know they might find beneficial for them based on why they're using products, but then also based on where they're actually located. Because, you know, depending on the type of product, there's obviously state-by-state state restrictions. So we just want to make sure that when we do that, we're doing it in a way that we're confident it's going to provide the most value to the end user. And those are some of the things that are currently going on behind the scenes is, you know, mapping out how to best start stepping in that direction. Mm -hmm. It's a very complex area, I guess you could call it, not just the technology, but also just in general, as you mentioned, this, all the state-by-state -state laws, you know, there's so many things to, to take into account there. Right. Um, so what technology do you leverage? On the mobile app side, you know, that's a mobile application. And then we also have outside of the Relief app or in addition to the Relief app, a web-based software that we developed where that allows us to do much more kind of custom studies where we can further validate or invalidate data trends that we're seeing from, you know, just the self-reported 
you know, retrospective outcomes in the relief app, where then on the web-based side of things, again, we just have 100% control over questions that we want to ask, the order we ask those questions and the frequency. And the beauty of that is, you know, we have the best of both worlds now where one, we do have a mobile app that someone could have, you know, an actual relief app downloaded and on the screen of their mobile device. But then we also have a web-based software where we don't need to have individuals actually download an application. So it just kind of expands the scope of demographics in regards to individuals that we're able to engage with, but also significantly expands the scope of data that we're not only able to collect, but also to provide back into the entire industry, honestly. Mm -hmm. You mentioned research. What sort of research are you doing? Yes. So there's kind of two realms that we're active in in the research space. So right now we have a network of about a dozen universities throughout the U.S., Israel, and Australia, where we're just continuously involved in different research projects with. Most of the historic studies that we have right now, we have about eight published studies in different medical journals right now. Those research studies have come from just retrospective studies on data that's been collected in the relief app over the past couple of years. So like an example is one of the first studies that we did back, I think in like 2017 or 2018 with the University of New Mexico, they wanted to look at the use of cannabinoids broadly and how effective cannabinoids were being for individuals who were saying they were using them for insomnia relief. So what we did then is we just, you know, did a query through our database to see how many individuals and how many sessions that we had that met that threshold of insomnia and sent that sub data set over to University of New Mexico. They did an analysis on it. And, you know, that's what led to one of the publications. And from there, as I mentioned, we have eight other published studies in different medical journals, all kind of around the same structure or scope in regards to where the data came from. And then there's a about a few more in the same structure format that are in the peer review process right now. Outside of that, we've, based on those research studies, been able to position ourselves pretty uniquely in the industry where we sit right in the middle between industry and academia and provide as a kind of streamlined approach for data collection and research study analysis. So what we've been able to do through the network of universities that we have and through the two technologies that we have is also set up more like real-time studies where we're actually uh, recruiting individuals to join a very specific study that's you know 30, 45, 90 days long, where we're asking them very specific questions based on the specific scope of the study. So for an example, we have a study coming up in Florida in a couple of weeks where we are focusing on anxiety. And in that situation, for the length of the period that the participants are enrolled in the study, we're asking them very specific questions in regards to how they were using the product that they were using and the impact that it had on you know, their anxiety management. Okay. So it sounds like you're facilitating this research in a way that kind of makes it easier for academia to participate. Mm-hmm. Um, what about where research has been restricted? You know, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head with the one, with the one comment in regards to academia having an easier time participate. One of the bigger challenges just based off of given the federal legality of, you know, cannabis or hemp is that it's been difficult for universities or academia to be hands-on with any type of industry operator. So we really be, we're able to be that, you know, middleman per se, where the university doesn't have to be hands-on with the industry players whatsoever. And all they need to do is work with us, a technology and data company 
to structure a study based on what the IRB protocol calls for and then wait for the study to be over. And we are able to provide, you know, just again, de-identified data based on the scope of the study for them to do, you know, their study analysis and ideally submit for a publication board. So we were really able to, again, kind of remove that risk barrier of them needing to like uh, physically engage with a product or just the industry in general, which would have, you know, jeopardized maybe some of their grant money or, you know, what have you, depending on the university that you're talking about. And on the industry side, again, given the you know, legality issues that previously, it's just been really cost burdensome for brands to go about more kind of formalized clinical trials. And even in the process of going about more of a formalized clinical trial, more often than not, you need to have, or it's beneficial at least to have some type of data set that's like real world evidence data from a group of individuals who you know, were using your products and the outcomes that they've experienced. So we're really able to, to streamline that process where we can allow brands to have a unique way to engage with customers after they have purchased a product, stay engaged with those customers for an extended period of time, putting them through their own branded experience, while at the same time, they're pulling out real world data on just the use and experience of their products. So now they're gonna to continue to build a large data set on just use experience and performance of their particular products based on very specific reasons that their customers are using them for, which you know that right there could put them in a position for unique kind of retrospective or observational studies, depending on the network or the bandwidth that they have. But you know down the road, if they do wanna go that route or they wanna go more of the clinical trial approach, they now have data that they can use when they're submitting for that IRB proposal and approval to do those more formal studies because they're, they're coming educated with previous evidence on, hey, here's what we've been collecting and learning from our products. So here's what we're trying to do to further validate and confirm this. Okay. So you're a very convenient and sounds like more cost-effective loophole. Yeah. We, again, <laughs> our focus with that, with the research is just lower the barrier to entry of research across the board. And, you know, it's, it's definitely more of a cost efficient manner for regardless of the brand size, we're working with brands that are really large international brands and your, your mom and pop family owned business. And the, the value there is that it's from our perspective, at least, you know, it's, it's leveling the playing fields for brands and in a specifically in the CBD market, as I'm sure, you know, there's thousands of, of brands and products out there that all try to market their products as largely doing the same thing. And next to none of them have any real evidence or data supporting like, Hey, here's, here's why or how our products are actually performing this way. We're now, again, regardless of the brand size, really, we're providing a really efficient and beneficial way to stay engaged with your customers and collect that feedback. So you can just provide more transparency to current and future customers on, Hey, if you're looking for a product for specific reasons, here's info we can show you on actually the use and the performance of our products to try to help educate your purchasing decision. And so one of those bigger companies that you are working with is CB Distillery and you're running multiple Pathfinder missions, uh, mm -hmm. studying the use and effectiveness of their products. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, so the two Pathfinder missions that you're referencing, that was an announcement that came out towards the end of April. So what they're doing in these first two Pathfinder missions is the one is focused on sleep and the other is focused on stress. And what they wanted to do in the sleep one is get some you know, interesting data points on just the use and performance of their CBN product because they were getting a lot of online reviews. It's like, hey, this product is super great for my sleep. 
but online reviews are pretty limited in regards to what you can use them for and just the value they can drive in like a sales and marketing perspective. So in setting up a Pathfinder mission with them, they have a couple hundred individuals who are participating in a 30-day campaign where they're using this CBN product every day for a couple of weeks straight and answering questions every morning about you know, how much of the product they use the previous night and then what was their sleep quality that night. And now coming out of that, they're going to be able to pull down very specific data points on individual sleep patterns and um, you know, outcomes before versus after using their CBN, which will allow CB Distillery to just really uniquely differentiate that CBN product and support it with some data on like, hey, here's the actual data we have from, again, a couple hundred individuals who have used this product for 30 days straight and what they said in regards to how it helped and or improved you know, their sleep. And on the stress side, what's interesting on that front is they are comparing two of their own tinctures right now where they wanted to see, I believe it's um, an isolate product and a broad spectrum product. So they wanted to see if there was any significant difference that individuals experienced in regards to an isolate product or a broad spectrum product and being able to help individuals just manage day-to-day stress management. So those are from a high level. Those are the two Pathfinder missions that we put out with them back in April. And for either at the end of July or early August, they're going to be announcing two other ones that are are still in the the works in regards to like what specific focus is going to be on them. You mentioned sleep and stress a few times now in regards to the studies. Is that what brands are most focused on right now? I would say a a majority of brands that we have interactions with, whether we're working with them or just in conversations, it seems that a majority of them are focused on stress, anxiety, sleep, and some type of pain, whether it's pain or arthritis or a combination of the two. Those would be, I would say, like the four or five most common areas where we see, again, just brands really interested in. Sometimes you will see brands who are interested in other symptoms, conditions, or morbidities. And that obviously just depends on, you know, what their background and what their, you know, interest is. But yes, I would say from a, from the majority of the market perspective, it seems to be those four or five areas is where a lot of brands are one, seeing a lot of their customers come from already, but then two, trying to find out how they can better market and promote their products in those areas. What are some examples of some maybe key insights or some things that your clients received from partnering with you guys? Yeah. So, I mean, not to give a specific insight just because it's still in the works, but I, what I think is really interesting going back to the, the CB distillery example and you know, what I'm excited for, for them for is you know, back on that, the CBN, their sleep one, they're going to be able to come out of this and they're going to be able to see, because just to give a little more background, how that has worked is for a week prior to using their CBN product, the hundreds of individuals who are participating we're answering questions every morning just about their, their general sleep patterns without using the CBN. And then after the first week, there were three following weeks where they were actually using the CBN. So what CB Distillery is going to be able to pull out of this is before versus after our CBN product was used, how many hours of sleep were people getting per night? Or how many times were people waking up throughout the night? Or what was the change in overall sleep satisfaction coming out of this? So you know, those are pretty valuable insights that, again, like usually if you're looking to pull those insights down, you're setting aside you know, a pretty significant research budget and going about doing a formal study that's, again, time extensive and cost extensive. And we were able to work with them you know, in a couple of weeks and put this together. And you know, now they're going to be able to pull out these really unique insights, which will just really help them, again, better educate the 
consumers, again, whether it's current customers of theirs or future customers on like, hey, here's what we have in regards to the performance of this product for individuals who have actually used it for sleep. So that's personally for me, what I think is really interesting on like a sales and marketing or customer education side of things. Also, what we're seeing with brands is if they have custom formulations that they're doing, this provides them a really easy and streamlined way to validate or invalidate their custom formulations and specifically why they're bringing those formulations to market. So they can bring these new formulations to market and pretty instantaneously start collecting data in an automated way from individuals who are using them in regards to what they're experiencing. And that will help them kind of streamline further, you know, just development and innovation on their own product catalog. And then lastly, what is interesting and helpful from just a education perspective is we are really able to help brands not only better educate their own staff and faculty on use and performance of their products, but then in turn, better educate the consumers. And whether that's, again, current customers of theirs or individuals who you know, start to get curious to using a CBD product, but they don't really know where to start. They're not really sure what CBD is. I mean, I just saw a stat the other day that over 50% of people still think that you could get high from using CBD. So clearly there's still a big need for education. And to date, there's not a lot of brands that are actually providing factual-based education. It's just a lot of their marketing materials that they're putting out to try to sell their products, where in this case, because of the data that's being collected through R2 technologies and being provided back to brands, they're not only more educated on their own product catalog, but now they're able to do better education initiatives to, let's call it the community at large. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I speak with various CBD brands, they tell me that is their biggest challenge is educating consumers because consumers Mm -hmm. still don't quite understand CBD. And especially with the regulations being so murky and, you know, there's Mm -hmm. so many question marks out there. I'm wondering when you're working with these various brands, you know, there's so many formats out there, gummies, tinctures. Um, Are you all looking at how effective or what formats work the best for people? Is that something that you track? Yeah, so that is an insight that we're, we're able to get granular down into. And, um, you know, for example, if like you look at some of the, the studies, they do look at what type of, what is the product form and administration form that individuals are using. So we have it right now bucketed down into just some, some high level categories where there's like multiple product forms that could fall under that. So like, you know, flower, tincture, edible, concentrate, pill, and topical. So obviously there's different product forms that could fall underneath each of those categories. And, you know, for example, just circling back to the insomnia study that I mentioned earlier, that was the first study we did back in 2017 or 18, University of Mexico looked at all of the different administration forms and product forms that were used from the subset of the data that we were able to provide and actually found that people who reported vaporizing flour said that they've experienced the quickest and most beneficial relief in regards to you know their sleep. So yes, that is something that on the research study side, we are definitely looking at what is the form of administration or consumption that individuals are using and what are the actual product types that individuals are using. And even in regards to the personalized reports that each individual gets in the app, it does break down product form and product type and what is the most beneficial trends that they're seeing in regards to those two things as well. Yeah. Just going back to the different formats, I know that a lot of people like extracts and tinctures better because 
gummies are harder to formulate, so they don't always yeah. contain the right amount of CBD. So that's also tricky. And so I'm wondering if that's something that brands can learn from. Yeah. So that's one of the things where we're continuously trying to advance, you know, the level of data that we're able to pull in from a product perspective. And what I mean by that is if we go back to when the app was first launched, there was very little information that was available to the end user in regards to like what was in that product on the label side of things. Right. Mm -hmm. And as the industry continued to mature and advance, et cetera, more information was being readily available to individuals on the label. So in the app, we have the ability to enter in pretty much all information that's available on a label, a label, as well as like certificate of analysis. So what we're continuously looking at doing when we work with, whether it's a brand or a retailer is how can we pull in the relevant product details that are coming from like the testing labs so that brands are not only able to see the data that we're collecting on the use and outcomes and performance of these products, but also pair that up and match that with the actual lab results in regards to like, what's the chemical composition of these products so that we can really start to get granular and specific in regards to, well, what's actually causing these outcomes and the experiences within these individuals based on, again, like the formulation or the composition of the product. Yeah. COAs are a big deal. And, and that's one thing I think consumers are really starting to look at now. Yeah, for sure. Um, and before I let you go, what is next for you? It sounds like you all are very busy with your research, but is there any updates or things that we can look out for in the coming months? Yeah. So, you know, to circle back to CB Distillery, I'll, I'll give them a, a shout out. We do have, I think like four or six more pathfinders coming out with them throughout the rest of the year. And as I mentioned, I think the next two will be announced in July or August. So people are interested in participating in these uh, campaigns with us, you know, follow relief app or CB distillery, and you'll, you'll be the first to know about those announcements when they come out. We are continuing our research efforts, as you said. So we're actually going to have some pretty exciting research initiatives that will be announced here throughout the next couple of months that start to dive a little deeper into the just the science of use and experience with individuals. And then on the app side, we're always continuing to listen to feedback from our users and continuing to try to expand the scope and the functionality of the app to make it as most beneficial and you know value added that we can to the individuals. So yeah, if you are using relief apps, stay tuned for some you know new updates here in the future. And if you haven't used it yet, you might want to check it out because there's some exciting things, you know, coming app update wise down the road here. Okay, lots to look forward to. Tyler Dowtrick, COO at Relief App. Thank you so much for joining me here on the NutriCast. Yeah, thank you, Danielle. I appreciate it. If you like what you just heard, you could subscribe to the NutriCast wherever you get your podcast. You can also head to NutriIngredients-USA.com for even more Nutri-related content. Thank you for listening. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutriCast next week.